Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. So, so mystery, mystery opponent, right in this tournament for Cold Stone Tim Boston. Oh, wow. Cold Stone Tim Boston, one of the cream, best cream pies. One of the one of the best, the best guys out there, man. If you're not if you're not following Cold Stone, throw him a follow because he is he is definitely worth it. Super entertaining, super nice guy. Anyways, he's in the in the ring cutting a promo. He doesn't know whose opponent is. So as he's cutting the promo, I slide in the ring. Nards plow from behind, drop him, yell at him, I'm your damn opponent, hop on him, they count one, two, he kicks out. Well, as uh-huh. far as I know, uh, Filipino rules, you, you only need one, right? So I already beat Tim Boston twice, right? As far as I'm concerned, that match was over. I was unaware of these Filipino rules. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people a lot of people are. Don't worry about it. Let's don't look into them either. Don't worry about it. I was unaware this match took place in the Philippines. Yeah, so well, it wasn't. It was in it was in Wisconsin, but it was being contested under Filipino no, that, no, rules. Yeah, the, okay. the, the Philippines of the United States. Yes. yes. So the referee tells me he kicked out. It's a two. I'm going. No, no, no. I it's you know I I'm pretty sure I got him for three either way, but at least I beat him twice under the Filipino rules. Yeah. Referee says the match has got to continue. I'm saying hell no. There's no way it's got to continue. So I figure, what the hell? I'll go rough Tim Boston up a little bit more. <laughs> I walk over, he's in the corner. I go to give him an Irish whip because what I was going to do is going to Irish whip him and then kind of follow up with one of those, you know, real badass clotheslines. Well, yeah. <laughs> he duck on, he does a duck under, kicks me in the gut. He hits me with a, with a, with a cold stone stunner. Uh-oh. Referee fast counts like you've never seen before. Oh, I, right? can, I can imagine it, right? Right. Now, it, it, it's a really an injustice. He calls the match. The match is over. I'm going, what the hell, man? That's I've already bullshit. beat this. I've already beat this guy twice, and now you're gonna fast count on me. So that was, yeah, that was, that was the night in Wisconsin. Me and Cold Stone. So when I think of Cold Stone, real quick, I just think of Mike Tyson inadvertently calling Stone Cold Cold Stone. I like yeah. Cold Stone. <laughs> yeah, same, Royal same Rumble '98 yeah. when he's up in the box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think of the ice cream. Yeah. The Cold <laughs> the, Stone Creamery. The creamery, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, the ice cream you get in the mall, you know. Yep. So if you're not, if you're not familiar with Cold Stone Tim Boston, that kind of is what he is. He's Stone Cold Steve Austin, but instead of beer, ice cream. Ice cream. Okay. Oh, and he he carries around he, he ch- carries around a <laughs> like giant a, I, a giant ice cream scoop. Yeah. The, the sucker's awesome. like it's taller than I am, so it's probably like a five foot eight, five foot ten ice cream scoop that he carries oh. around with him. It's no fantastic. shit. Yeah. Dude, um, Brett, did I tell you that? Um, so I did a when I was back in college, I did a newspaper internship at a paper called the Madison Courier in Madison, Indiana. Okay. Little small town, little daily newspaper there. Uh, in Indiana, and uh, so I think it may have been OVW or some local wrestling um, uh, promotion came in town, and there was this guy who was outside of Walmart, Madison Walmart, claiming he was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, <laughs> and then come to find out, these people had gotten duped that he was not Stone Cold Steve Austin. Oh, they so, thought he was. <laughs> yeah, so I heard about that and wrote a fucking article in the paper, wrote an expose. <laughs> I would and like come, to read that. Yeah, and come to find out, I, I don't know if this guy was associated with the promotion or not, 
But um, he was his, his name was even colder Frank Austin or something like that, you know, <laughs> like some sort of like clear generic version of that. But uh, but yeah, and then and and then I think we had to run a correction. I think we were like, oh yeah, well we didn't know this. Well it's like, yeah. well yeah, nobody did. You know, you paid that fucker for autographs. <laughs> That's tight. Well hey, uh, since we're rolling and we don't need to do an intro because we're gonna do that separately. Let's get right into it. Fuck, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, one second. I'll, I'll... to the Brain Buster Boys episode 84. My name is Brett Jagger along with Beaumont Rand. Howdy, howdy doody. Happy Halloween belated. I happy. mean, we, we kind of did a Halloween thing last time, but whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Happy belated Halloween. And uh, we had a fun little Halloween, I guess the oh. weekend before the weekend before the Halloween. What yeah, was it, yeah. The 22nd? Yeah. The 22nd is when it was when we went to our party. Down in Louisville, I was uh, Orange Cassidy, and you were the Jade Cargill-inspired She-Hulk. <laughs> that, that everyone thought was old Greg because my 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 body paint ran. Like this is the first floor. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, I talked about this whole thing last time, but yeah. yeah. Like immediately, my body paint ran on my costume. I looked like the Swamp Thing or, or old Greg. I didn't. I, I knew of old Greg, but then I yeah. found out what old Greg was thoroughly because everyone yep, wanted to sure show did. me. Everyone wanted yeah. to show me the video the whole time. <laughs> So, you know, I, I embraced it, but, uh, but yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Chris and Katie, uh, threw a good party. They had a silent disco there. Yes. Uh, that was fun. Uh, just, just a great setup, you know, always a good time at, at their home. Absolutely. Yeah. Great times. Um, had some fun with orange Cassidy doing the little kicks and everyone yelling, Oh, brought the, brought the TNT belt in a backpack. Like yeah, orange has been bringing the all Atlantic. We did it to Popeye a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh! Um, we got uh got to hang out with Jack Harlow a little bit. Jack huh? Harlow, yeah, the oh. uh, the host of this past weekend Saturday Night Live. Did you yeah. catch any of it? I did not, but I uh, saw it got really good reviews though. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. I plan to watch some more, but yeah, he's he's a natural, great mm-hmm. guy. Um, I'd met him once before. So our friend Chris manages him. I officiated Chris's wedding. Jack was there. This was like four years ago. So he wasn't nearly as big as he is now, but he remembered me, which was awesome. And uh, yeah, just a humble, Mm -hmm. cool, down to earth dude that you wouldn't really realize is as famous as he is, aside from the big posse that was around him. Oh, yeah. I remember when they showed up too. I was like, who are all these people without costumes? And I saw him and I was like, oh. Yeah, because he had just come. They were at the Louisville football. Yeah, game, that's what I thought. He was like yeah. in the locker room with them all, and then he yeah. came to hang out with us. Yeah, and uh, he got a picture with the TNT title, even yeah. though I didn't realize Chris didn't want any pictures, but I still got, still got it. Yeah, uh, no. but no, that was a great time. It, it was fun. Like 
I, I remember like seeing you talk to him. I was like, well, I'm going to go up there, you know, and just, uh, you know, make my presence known and say hello. Oh, so yeah. I, I remember I'm walking up there and I'm like, you know, because I'm pretty sure a lot of people are like, hey, man, I'm a big fan. And I'm like, you know, I went and saw a show at Forecastle. I don't really know his music. Yeah. So I'm just going to just go up and give the most plain introduction yeah. I can. And so he was like, hey, what's going on? And I'm like, I'm Bo. He's like, well, I'm Jack. Yeah. <laughs> Jack. It's like, nice. Hey, I'm Bo. Oh, hey, I'm Jack. <laughs> oh, no <laughs> shit. <laughs> no, I and I didn't remember that until you told me the next day because I was right there. And I'm like, yeah, that was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, um, and he said something about my She-Hulk costume. Yeah. Um, some, some weird. He didn't call me old Greg. So, yeah. you know, there's that. Yeah. Uh, good stuff. And then, yeah, yeah. I kind of reprised the Orange Cassidy this weekend, at least at work Friday night. They encouraged us to dress up. And it's an easy costume. I had to ditch the sunglasses early. Just we were kids on our patio. It was dark. I'm like, I'm going to truck one of these kids. So. Uh, but then we went to another party after and good stuff. Did you dress up at all this past week? Yeah, I did. I went to um, the Horror Plex in Portland, uh, which is uh, uh, just west of downtown here in Louisville. Not... What'd you dress up as? I have a chicken onesie. I was, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just Easy. threw in the towel and then I then I went out that night. Um, then I went to the big Louisville football game. Speaking of, they had a big yeah. upset against Wake Forest. Got to storm the field. Yeah. Did um, you go out there? I did. Yeah, 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 I did. This is my first third time storming the field. First time since freshman year of college. Which I did for the West Virginia game. Yeah, yeah. So that was my first time since then. Yeah. Um, okay. My first game since Lamar Jackson's Heisman season. You know, it was a lot of fun. We were in the south end zone, five seats from the front because there wasn't a lot of people there. Oh, nice. You know, because I think a lot of people were planning for Halloween parties. You know, I had stayed out late the night before, and I was just after I got back from the game, just mega cash. So I threw in the towel. Yeah. On Saturday, um, and that was my Halloween. Yeah, big good. win for Louisville football, followed by a big loss for Louisville basketball to yeah. Lenore Rain Division Two by ten points, yeah. and then. The Bengals get fucking crushed on Monday night by the Browns. Yeah. We lose Cheeto Bay Awuzie for the season. We're toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just man, just, it's like everything was looking good. Yeah. And where I think we're and toast. Then, and then just a gigantic gut punch, you know, with him and Chase out. Yeah. Chase already gone. DJ Reader already gone. Yeah. yeah. Awuzie, like a lot of the beat writers and whatnot were saying, like, that is the player you could afford to lose the least just because he's been. I think, like, coverage-wise, like, completion percentage against him, he's second in the league. I believe he's the second-highest-graded corner by Pro Football Focus, and yeah. we just have no depth at corner. No depth. Nope. So, it's going to be a uphill battle, but yes. uh, I'm not counting us out yet. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to make another run to the Super Bowl. I still think we can make the playoffs. I mean, the you know, you've got the Bills, the Chiefs, um, the uh, the Chargers will probably make it, the Dolphins, the Titans. But there's another wild card spot out there. So yeah. we'll see. It just sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just um, – I mean, record-wise, it's still within reach. But, yeah, you know – the, the 0-3 the, in the division. Yeah, the, the schedule is just way too, you know – It's harder. Yeah. But so we'll look. see. We still got Joe Burrow. And, you know, we'll see when Chase comes back. But, uh, yeah, it stinks a lot. And yeah, uh, no, no. not too much to get excited about for Louisville basketball season, clearly. Yeah, when it Lenore rains, it pours, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Got the NBA, you know, yeah. uh, week yeah, three there. Watch yeah. some of that here and there. It's been fun. Yeah. But, uh, well, I guess like the, the, the Nets, uh, like, like that's yeah. the thing I followed the most with Kyrie and his 
anti-Semitism. Like, and then they fire, fire Steve, Steve Nash, Nash today, today, and they're going to hire Udoka from the Celtics, who was the guy who just got suspended for a year. They're going to do that? Enough- I, I, yeah. I did not know that. Oh, my God. Yeah, that came out, like, really quickly well, there so I, guess, I guess they're like, his affair is clearly the lesser of two evils. I know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly right, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, Wild. very interesting. The Lakers yeah. suck, too, but uh, it's going to be a fun season for sure. Yeah, yeah it will. Uh, we're going to Monday Night Raw in a couple weeks, right? Oh, yeah, we are. Yes, we are. <laughs> we'll have to get yes, that figured out, but yeah. uh, yeah. And then Impact oh, no, that, is that Friday. Yeah, and then and then the full gear is that. So that's yeah. that's our. We, we should hype that up. We should call that our big week of wrestling. Or wow. Well, and our our anniversary is coming up as well. That could yeah. be, you know, probably well, would be the next episode we do. We got to figure some stuff because yeah. then that following week would be that crazy week with Raw. Yeah. Well, impact well, and full gear yeah yeah we'll, we'll yeah we'll figure it out yeah we could definitely hype that that big two years coming um yes. but yeah, yeah big stuff uh ahead as we plow into the holiday season mm-hmm. here and uh speaking of holidays we're gonna talk a little halloween havoc 1995 with our good friend kevin rogue from the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast and a Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast Network. What a fun, fun time that was. And what a ridiculous show. Yeah. But yeah, but it was absurd. <laughs> yep, it was. So uh, with that, let's get to it. you what Belmont Michael Myers sure is scary but the last thing you need is to be hairy this Halloween (laughs) luckily our friends at Manscaped launched their fourth generation performance package to make sure your pumpkins get the ultimate carving experience on this spooky day Ooh, turn your bite-sized treat into a king-sized candy worldwide and trust manscape by going to manscape.com for 20 percent off and free shipping with the code bbb that's right 20 percent off free shipping with bbb make the right call this spooky season it's trick or trim well let me tell you there brett you really halloween killed that <laughs> oh man have you ever tried to trim your balls and it turned into a freddy krueger film yes yeah. well luckily manscaped <laughs> is here to save the day and make sure you're feeling your best in your costume unlock your confidence with the performance package 4.0 inside you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items mm. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. It's a full moon out in the werewolf in your pants is how oh! <laughs> uh, it's time to tackle that problem with the lawnmower 4.0. They're finely tuned pube products featuring a cutting cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accents. Thanks to the advanced skin safe technology, the lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest ball trimmer on the planet. Easy. Oh. Did I mention the trimmer is waterproof too? (laughs) This trimmer is a shower essential. The Mm. Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Weed Whacker, a total game changer to your men's hygiene arsenal. The Weed Whacker is a nose and ear trimmer, hair trimmer that provides proprietary skin safe technology that prevents nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. Mm. Of course, we got the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and the Crop Reviver Ball Toner that will help your pumpkin stay fresh in the patch. (laughs) Uh, Trust me when I say this, fellas, your balls will be thank you. (laughs) Manscaped also just launched their new body buffer. Ooh. 
This uh, 100% antibacterial body scrubber is just what you need to keep you fresh and clean this Halloween. I think of Michael Buffer with that. Oh, yeah. This yeah. is the main event of the evening. It is. And then even they threw in two free gifts to their performance package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers and the Shed Travel Bag. The bring Shed. Your, yes. Bring your comfort and boxers to another level. Also, if you're looking like Wolverine and hadn't cut your nails recently, uh, look into the Shears 2.0 nail kit. Brett, Halloween ends it. Do it. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code BBB at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new halloween with Manscaped. And I'll tell you what, your balls will thank you. Your balls will be thank you. Yes. Boo, 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 boo. Okay, it is now one day after Halloween, but that doesn't mean it's not too late to uh, talk some Halloween havoc and not just Halloween havoc, but one of the weirdest, wackiest, some would say worst, others may not, pay-per-views of all time, Halloween Havoc 1995, and boy, oh boy, do we got just the man to join us here he is part of the Year of Duke and Rogue podcast, which you can find on the Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm repping their t-shirt right now, which you can find on ProWrestlingTees.com. It is the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Rogue. What up, my guy? Kevin Rogue. I, lo- I love how you do it. You almost do it better than I did, and I started it, so I'm fantastic job by you i'm doing great man i'm doing great super happy to be here ready to dig into a little uh, halloween havoc 95 i heard you say that some may call it the worst you know what i call those people assholes because it's <laughs> it's not man i promise you it's not no and i have seen this show multiple times but it had been a bit and i'll admit uh, I watched this mostly uh, late at night and perhaps a little buzzed this time. <laughs> so I've got handfuls of notes here, but I know you, I was just telling Bo before we started recording, you all just went through all of 96 WCW. So yes. basically starting two months after this, and I know you've got all your sorts of inside <laughs> jokes and everything that I hope you can bring to our audience. And uh, hey. I'm going to kind of let you uh take the reins on a lot of this stuff because i know it's your recent area of expertise and to type you again you guys just did a watch along of the monday nitro following this event correct yes we did yeah we did it was fun it was a little kind of an experimental episode we did it was the 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 halloween they called it the halloween havoc hangover the the halloween hangover edition of monday night raw <laughs> it was I, I would rather have a hangover than watch it again to be honest with you and i get <laughs> ferocious hangovers so it was it was a it was a tough watch but it was fun man this, yeah this time in wcw as wacky and as strange and as fucked up as it is yeah it's super fun like it's it ba- it's bad endearing and that's yeah. Yes. kind of the stuff that like you you kind of need every now and again absolutely you can no. tell it was in like a weird adolescent phase between like the colorful costumes of like the the, the uh late 80s and early 90s and like kind of the black anti-heroes of you know the nwo attitude you know all that stuff and this was yeah. probably like eight nine months prior to the formation of the nwo so yeah another kind of just interesting time during wcw mm-hmm. and bo i was thinking we haven't really watched any wcw from this era have we i know we've bash watched... at the beach but that, okay just 96 that just yeah. that match so yeah like pre-nwo when, when was that war WCW. games when was that war games that, from? Oh, what was that like 
89. We watched the okay. Sting Squadron versus uh, the Dangerous Alliance War Games. Okay, so that was 90, I think it was 91 or 91. 92. Yeah, okay. Yep. But yeah, so mid 90s WCW and uh, go, oh, Kevin, go ahead. I was gonna say the bet, like one of the best parts about this era is when you when you listen to Eric Bischoff talking about what the WWF was doing at the time, and he's like essentially just throwing rocks and be like, oh, they their characters are farmers and trash collectors and plumbers and hockey players. We don't we're we're not that. I was like, yeah, you had a fucking shark. Right, like that was like you're so far away from a, a fucking trash man bringing a shark to the ring. That was I always got a kick out of. I, I I'm a big fan of Bischoff, but sometimes you listen to it, and you're like he tries to make this time in WCW as they're kind of finding their ground, yeah, so much better. But like in comparison, they're doing the same wacky shit. It's just a little bit different and a little bit wackier than like a trash man or a dumb yeah. fucking plumber it's the exactly goon some... right yeah and the goon was great horrible yeah. character not good in the ring but he was great mid 90s <laughs> in wrestling in general like that 93 to 96 period like mm-hmm. like Bo said after kind of the golden era what we call the mm-hmm. t-tit era this yeah. tuesday in texas mm-hmm. <laughs> which is around <laughs> that 91 92 time yep. up until the attitude area is a very interesting mm-hmm. transition time for both both WCW and WWF. But yeah, the Dungeon of Doom, I mean, come on. That's like as wacky and weird, and I know you're going to get your boy, <laughs> Sullivan! I love Sullivan. The, I love my son! <laughs> I well, love it. And I love your transition from the whole year you guys did 96, and like you kind of hated Kevin Sullivan and the Taskmaster. You're ripping on him, and then all of a sudden it's like, this guy's kind of fucking awesome. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's like a happy cancer. Right. I don't know if you can marry those two ideas or not, but he is he is one of the like most abrasive, like annoying characters. But the more you you around him, the more he grows on you and grows on you and grow and all of a sudden you're you're finding yourself loving him like like I did. I didn't expect it. Going into the season, I was not a Kevin Sullivan fan. No. I, I like David Sullivan. Davy Sullivan was my oh, guy. Wow, old, yeah. old DS. But all of a sudden, <laughs> like Kevin Sullivan, start, I start watching more and more and more. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I want this. I wish he was my uncle. I would describe, I wish he was my father. Like, maybe, like, I want to be in the dungeon. Teach me a lesson. Right? Maybe I went too far. What, what would your name be if you were in the dungeon? Boy, that's pretty hard. That's a pretty hard question. That's a pretty hard. We'll question. come back to you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I'd have to find like an animal, right. That strikes fear, but I also can relate to like a, maybe some type of squirrel. I'm not sure. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Well, they kind of promote this show as, Hulk Hogan turning to the dark side, which is interesting because that does happen like eight, nine months later to take on the evil Dungeon of Doom. So we've got Hogan clad in black. Uh, We'll obviously be getting more into that. We've got the monster truck sumo match on top of Kobo Hall. A true, true highlight of just wrestling in general. (laughs) One of the most ridiculous things you'll ever see um we've got the we've got sabu in a wcw match here like who uh who remembers that sabu was in wcw so bo if sabu was like an ecw legend gotcha so like i had totally forgotten he how do you s-a-b-u 
say be you. Oh, I remember. I remember he came out. I'm like, oh, is this the the bargain brand Iron Sheik? Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's kind of what I. And he came out with the original Sheik, as they yes. kept saying. This yeah. is the original Sheik. Yeah, which was from like the they, he was always big in like Detroit Midwest. So mm-hmm. I know, like when my dad, my aunt and uncle like watched wrestling growing up, it was always the Sheik, yep. Bobo Brazil guys like that. So, uh, but yeah. Um, Bo, I just want to get a, I know you kind of were talking about it already, but just in general kind of observations, thoughts on this, anything you want to kind of get off your chest before we kind of go into this. Uh, I mean, like I I think the observation about sort of the transition adolescent period of WCW is kind of my main thing. Uh, The booking is, is really bizarre, especially compared for me. I've been saturated with just current pay-per-views. Um, and there was just this whole just just middle area that was just squash match after squash match. I remember looking at the, the card on Wikipedia and I was just like, what? You know, there just seemed to be all this kind of just meaningless stuff in the middle. Minute and a half, three yeah. minutes, two yeah. and a half. <laughs> and, and, and I mean, like if you add up all the time, I mean, this thing was what? And two hours and 40 minutes on the Peacock video. Yeah. And I mean, like in terms of wrestling time, it dwarfed that significantly. They were constantly cutting back. The Tony Schiavone and, and Bobby Heenan. Yeah. But yeah, this is a bunch of pig slop. <laughs> it's just pretty much. So if, if you're looking for a, a, a general observation. Pig slop. Did pig you slop. enjoy it? Did you yeah. find enjoyment in the pig I slop? I didn't. I, I, I had a, um, I mean, obviously, so I watched the first hour and 10 uh, last night where, um, what did and I that's get there? all pig slop, right? It there. is all pig slop. There's the the uh, Johnny B. Bad and DDP which, match, and which was is the, okay. It's probably the best one on the card. <laughs> I was um, gonna say, don't you dare <laughs> call Johnny B. Bad pig slop. No. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> no that's <laughs> that, and then the Ric Flair and Sting versus the Horsemen are definitely <laughs> the two best de- matches de- de- on the card. Yeah, definitely the two. And the Ric Flair one was like a little overwrought with like how much punishment can Sting take? You know, they yeah. they kind of just hit that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, once we got to the, the monster truck, just, just stuff, um, just the combination of the hyperbole and them just trying to make it in like a lot of the hyperbole is true. I think one of the times that one of the times they said there'll never be a pay-per-view like this again. Yeah. And there wasn't, you know, yeah. I think Heenan said that, yeah, yeah, it was sometime during the main event oh, or maybe here. right before giant, the Jack came here, out here. I'll read off my list here. Where's it at? <laughs> Let me get the notes that pulled up on my phone here. Um, this is going to be on the front page of every newspaper in the world tomorrow night. And, th- and this was, I think this was during the, oh Lord. Um, I guess it was during maybe the, no, it was before the, what was, what came right after the, um, the, the monster truck. Um, that was Luger and Savage. Okay. I think, yeah, they were, I think they were talking about that. And then Eric Bischoff has changed the course of pro wrestling. will never be the same again. <laughs> <laughs> there will never be a pay for you like this ever again. That's what I wrote. And then I wrote this was a bunch of pig slap, but uh, <laughs> but well, in, 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 in an endearing way. But uh, but yeah, you know, I uh, I definitely like the back half was definitely just the combination of the hyperbole and them just really trying to sell the the um, a the monster truck thing and that it was compelling. B um, that that the giant had actually fallen off the building. I mean, it's one side river, other yeah. side parking lot. Yeah. Five stories. <laughs> just, just, just just the links that they were going to, to Bobby you know, Heenan, to, and we'll obviously get there. But he's just losing his fucking yeah. mind the well, entire and, time well, after and, that happens. And, and and this is like the epitome of so bad it's good in wrestling. Yes, like exactly. I think like 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 you know like kind of from the sumo match into this to like the hyperbole and 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 the uh, commentary selling. 
you know, like, yeah, this was definitely like probably the most like, you know, so bad it's good. Like, like it embraces it and, truly. And that's why I love this show. Cause yeah, it is a bunch of pig slop pigs rubbing and shit, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But like Kevin said, and you said it too, it's endearing it is, and it yeah. is fun. And yeah, if you really think this show sucked, not you, but anyone who watches this, you are an asshole. Like yeah. Kevin said, cause it's like, <laughs> turn your brain off and enjoy this. Cause yeah. It's not supposed to be taken too seriously. Oh, yeah. It's a it's a fucking Polly Shore movie, is what it is. <laughs> it is right. You just yeah. turn you just turn your mind off and sit back. You nailed yeah. it there. I did. Yeah. I did want to say though, like expanding on what, what you're saying there, Bo, about the commentary. If you watch WCW at any point, regardless of it's a pay per view, if it's a, a special, if it's a Nitro, Tony Schiavone and Eric Bischoff will always tell you repeatedly that this is the greatest thing yeah. this is uh, you'll never see any any other wrestling like this anywhere else yep and i really it's, think that what they were doing was like a hard hard fake it till you make it yeah because of where they were coming from and trying it's where to the big boys through. play right so like every match you're gonna hear you know you're gonna hear a, where the big boys play you're gonna hear you're not gonna see this anywhere else you're gonna yep. see you're gonna hear this this is the greatest night the greatest thing that because they're just trying to get people to buy into their concepts so yeah it's 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 entertaining for sure to listen to them and, and we'll hear bobby the brain a lot go nobody is sitting in this arena and you're like bobby they all are see the fucking crowd nobody's <laughs> on their feet man you, you did the wrong one you you yeah. swapped them <laughs> so, Oh, shit. Well, speaking of shit and slop and pigs, let's get into it. And our first match is your boy, Johnny B. Bad, defeating Diamond Dallas Page with the Diamond Doll and Max Muscle in 17 minutes, one second. Um, there was a very, very long video package before yeah. this match, like inordinately long. Going yes. through Johnny B. Bad <laughs> missing his match because he has tires slashed, and then Max Muscles like, oh, yeah, four tires were slashed. So then he's like, four? How'd you know there was four? <laughs> and so that is the build up to our match here, and clearly the Diamond Doll. Kimberly, which Bo, you probably wouldn't recognize her, but she was in the 40-year-old virgin during yeah. the speed dating scene and her she had the big tits and her nipple popped out. Oh, that that's okay. Her. That's her. Wow. Yeah. Kimberly, she I was remember, a nitro I, I, girl yeah. during those days. But uh yeah, she had all sorts of weird facial expressions, but she's clearly a little sweet on uh your boy Johnny B. Bad, isn't she, Kev? With with good reason, too. With good reason. The opening, I they caught me off guard because I completely forgot about it when when the one guy came out with the the bad day the the big you know the it's not exactly a coat it's almost like a cape yeah he kept on backing up and backing up and then Johnny attacks DDP from behind oh yeah I completely forgot about that and it shocked me and I couldn't have been happier for it yeah uh, you said the match went 17 minutes and that I... blows that blows my mind because it didn't feel like a 17 minute match no not yeah. like the sting one the sting one definitely felt way longer in this and I think both were 17 minute matches uh, yeah that one was like 1709 they... I think yeah. was the longest match but you mentioned that the attack from behind so do you remember uh I had a funny instance on an, the apron bump, who I know you know. Yeah. Uh, the term your boy Gorilla would say the Pearl Harbor job. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yep. attack from behind. Well, I used it on the apron bump, unfortunately, to a Chinese person. And he's uh -huh. <laughs> Kyle's like, wait, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I swear that was just what Gorilla Monsoon called it. And then it made me realize I'd never used that term on our show, but 
Here we go. Match number one begins with a good old Pearl Harbor. Good old fashioned Pearl Harbor. I like that. I mean, is there a term for when he put the bucket on DDP's head? That's the next. Like, is that? That's the Hiroshima and Nagasaki. <laughs> is that the Nagasaki? <laughs> 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 Or, or, or the Pacific Theater, whichever yeah. one. <laughs> but yeah, seventeen minute match didn't feel that long, but there were a ton of near falls at the end for sure. So, like, you know, in terms of exciting in ring action, yeah, I think this was the match of the night for sure. And uh, you know, Johnny B. Bad, I can't, I don't know, was he ever the champion before this, or was this his first title win? Oh boy, that's a good question. I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm get. I want to say that he had the TV title before this, but I certainly could be wrong. I think he might have. Yeah. The with with these two though, they were working together so much at this time. Yeah. You didn't see them really put on a, a, like a bad match. You know what I mean? Like it. Mm-hmm. DDP is obviously still kind of finding. You see his move set here is much different than what it was when he kind of got elevated. This is probably match. his first year wrestling, right? Oh uh, boy, in or ring, close probably- to it. Close, probably close to full time at least. I was. He I didn't start wrestling till he was what, like thirty five. You know, because he yeah, was always yeah. he didn't get into the business till later, and then he was the manager for a while. So yeah, yeah you, you're right. He's just he's kind of wow. finding his stride here. Yeah, his offense is completely different, and I really think that the two styles kind of kind of work together really well. And and Johnny B's got moves that I wish he would have held on to, like that that hip toss into cover. Like oh yeah. So smooth and he his his offense was always so smooth so it was it's i don't know i had a lot of fun watching this match and these two work together and they were like i said they're working together so much yes it's it's hard to have a match that would completely like suck ass with a guy especially that given this much time too right yeah absolutely Absolutely. And Bo, I'm not mm. sure if you know, Johnny B. Bad became Mark Marrow okay. in WWF with who was with Sable. I'm sure we watched. Yeah, we did. Yeah, no, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have. What, what, what's he around during the bikini contest? Yes, okay. yes. So he would have been yeah. with Jacqueline. Okay. It, so it, was... During the bikini contest when Sable pulled her tits out and had the hands over him. So he was with Jacqueline. He kind of played a boxer character. But uh-huh. uh, I think Kevin would agree. Johnny B. Bad better than mark marrow for sure right yeah i think i think that well i don't know if i want to say better maybe not for sure but yeah yeah they are very different (laughs) i loved when he when he showed up as wild man mark marrow wild man was a lot better for a little bit closer to that johnny b bad character uh and then the mark marrow thing i just marvelous what he became marvelous mark marrow mark yeah i just think he had a he was not a natural heel and i think that's kind of what what hurt him there yeah plus being next to sable was not going to help him either (laughs) no no it wasn't so speaking of uh women and uh next to yeah the diamond doll she's flashing her tens during this um the whole time for well not the whole time but for johnny b bad you know she's sweet on him and then even after the match uh after johnny wins she's definitely got a grin on her face before she leads uh ddp out but uh yeah i mean nothing too too much else to to talk about like we said very strong good opening match kind of downhill from here um i think what wasn't max muscle involved in the finish like he kind of tried to get up and distract and was it a a roll-up situation yeah that that was the one thing that i probably would have changed in the match is that they did they did two collision spots with ddp and max muscle at the end yeah 
and it's just it's just a little little much for for the finish but yeah ddp and and muscle collide and then they end up colliding a second time and the second time he gets the the roll up it's kind of just kind of straight just too much you know yeah. I mean? give, give them one and go to the roll up you don't need you don't need the double the double roll up there and and uh i did want to say that you obviously kim ends up going on with with johnny be bad one of my favorite line that that the duke ever had was he was talking about kim and just out of nowhere he just goes what a slut (laughs) what what are you telling i don't know these things he goes well she's out there she's trotting around with ddp then she's trotting around with johnny b and then she's trotting around with the booty like (laughs) what a slut and then she's speed dating on fucking 40 years later she can't get enough can't get enough what a whore (laughs) um but yeah fun stuff and about ddp i would say so watching all of those 96 shows like he got so much better and that's something you can tell from month to month and i wasn't watching you know the nitros or anything in between but I watched all those shows and I think he had more matches with Johnny, if I'm not mistaken. But like by the end of that year, he was significantly better. I think he had a match with Eddie Guerrero, a couple other good ones. I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, I think 96 was a big year for DDP because as we know, 97, 98, he was the king over there. Right, right. I'm sure he was probably in like the top 50 on the PWI. No idea, actually, but I'd, I'd be shocked <laughs> if he was nowhere near. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So. We go into our second second match, which is an absolute thriller that sees Macho Man Randy Savage defeating the Zodiac in a minute thirty seconds. <laughs> did so? Did you notice the music that Zodiac walks down to? Did you pick up on that? Was that it? Was a Mysterio, right? It was either Mysterio or Malenko. I know it's one of the two. I see. I could. I could have swore it was Malenko. Okay, it's one of the. It's myself. one of the two, and I wrote that down. I'm like, music is either Mysterio or Malenko, but I did catch that. Not not a ton to the match, though. <laughs> just, oh no, not a, not a ton. The I think the the only reason why it lasted as long as it did was because of the fan running it. Oh, yeah. I think that's the only fucking reason. I think if it wasn't for the fan, we would have had less than 30 seconds. You're right. So that's something I was kind of reading a recap to make some notes before this, because, again, I was watching this late and that's something I did not write down. But holy shit. Yeah, I forgot the fan came in there um, and they they dispatched him pretty quickly. Right. And then it ended like right after that, I think. Um what he hit the elbow drop and then that was that but uh yeah yeah bo anything to report here i mean (laughs) i I don't know i guess more of the macho man stuff was funny during the promos with mean gene because you can just tell just kind of like that's a very t-tit holdover yeah Um, i loved his like really like gnarled mangly shirt that he wore (laughs) like it was very highlighter colored i've always I've got a fun note from the next promo. Always, always, always changing his, always changing his colors. But yeah, this match set the tone for the night. (laughs) It did, but like more so than any other ones. After I saw this, and I mean, I guess they were like, "Oh, it's going to come into play later." But like, there was really kind of even with the backstage cuff cut in with all the middle stuff. And I mean, you you can't even say it was bloated. It was just, it was you know, very trim. A minute thirty, and yeah. Like, yeah, like Kevin said, like if the fan doesn't come in, it might be over in a minute. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the first of two Macho Man matches, and he will face if 
your boy Lex Luger defeats oh, Ming later. You're the one who hates. I was trying to think when I was watching. I was like, who have we had on the show who hates this guy? And not only that, it's Excellent. two matches for Lex Luger on this show. So I was definitely excited uh, to have you on here for a two match Luger show for sure. Yeah, that was that was the uh, the biggest letdown of the show for me. Uh, so the Zodiac bow was also Brutus, Brutus the Barber Beef. Yeah, yeah. And then he becomes the booty man, right? Yeah, yeah. He was, I mean, he got put through the ringer as far as gimmicks go because he went yeah. from the, the barber, well, Brutus the Barber Beefcake to being just the barber, and yep. then from the barber to the Zodiac, mm-hmm. from the Zodiac to the booty man, the booty man to the disciple. Yep. Like, they just strapped him with just the most horseshit <laughs> as they possibly could. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, a 90 second loss here, uh, not too great for the old Zodiac, but. Uh... <clears throat> Yeah, so uh, then we have Mean Gene backstage uh, putting up, putting that, promoting the hotline as he uh, tends to do. Uh, it was on there. Oh, they, and they, they, had, they had that number bleeped out yeah. too. <laughs> number is no longer active. <laughs> I, I swear it's a sex line. That's that's always my joke. When Duke always goes like, "Hey, who's what do you suppose that number? It's got to be a sex line. It's got to be." But everybody remembers one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. Right? Just call it up. See what happens. Maybe yeah. for a good time. Who Absolutely. Um, there was a quick Mean Gene, Johnny B. Bad promo um, after that. I don't think there was really anything noteworthy there. But um, we have our next match, <laughs> which saw Kurosawa, who was also Manabu Nakanishi uh, from New Japan. I didn't realize that. With your boy, Colonel Robert Parker, defeating Road Warrior Hawk in three minutes, 15 seconds in another pig slop match. But Kevin, tell us about your love for the the old Colonel here. Colonel Robert, Colonel Robert, Andy Parker, the rooster, man, there's, there is not many, many managers out there that can hold and work the stick like the Colonel can. And the best part about him is that he's a big man. He is. Generally, generally you want to have the managers be smaller than the guys they're managing. Yep. But it's, it's a testament to how good he is that he can be that big and people still want to see him get the shit kicked out of him. Even if the guy is smaller, like people hate the rooster. I love the rooster. Andy Parker's my guy. So how did he get the nickname, the rooster? I've wondered that from listening to you all. (laughs) So he had a match with Medusa. Oh yeah. And going, going into the match with Medusa, he was cutting a promo about how great he was and how, you know, I forget the exact line, but it's like 10 women can't beat one Colonel Parker. And before he walks off the screen, he just goes, I am the rooster. And he fucking cock walks off, off camera. Just to say he's the rooster. I was like, man, that's genius. Like I, if I was in the dungeon of doom, that might be, I might go the rooster. You are the rooster. Yeah. Okay, I don't remember that offhand, but I definitely watch again a lot of those shows I was watching similar situations late at night, buzzed, trying to fall asleep, whatever. It's great. Mid mid nineties WCW or WWF, great go to bed content, no doubt about it. But uh yeah, so this match stems back to uh, a clash of the champions where I guess Kurosawa and Hawk were teammates. I guess the animal is out at this point, I would assume. 
because you don't rarely or you don't see Hawk in singles matches too often. And uh, Mr. Kurosawa tried to break his arm yeah. in that match. And uh, here we are. And uh, not too much to speak about here. Either. <laughs> no. no, you said it was about like three minutes, 15 seconds. Yeah. And, yes. And this one also could have went about a minute 30 and I would have <laughs> been just fine with it. I'm not a big Hawk fan. Well, yeah, well, I, I just, it, he never, he never did it for me. And I, his in-ring style, like it's better as a tag team because yeah. shit can fall apart. In, in that tag team match but when you have them limited to being in a singles match the shit can't fall apart as easy and he's confined to actually working within the rules and it usually doesn't work very well uh side note i actually recently heard a story of hawk because hawk's a minnesota guy okay and uh tony danucci uh who owns the awf the company that i that i work with uh he, he told me a story of uh it was him in an elevator in downtown minneapolis and four guys and he walked out. The other four guys didn't. <laughs> so he's a pretty tough guy, like legit tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So I think Hawk on offense for the first minute, which is a long time in this match. The rooster, he's getting involved. He gets involved a couple times. And Kurosawa hits a couple moves, including a Samoan drop. Goes for the cover, puts his feet on the ropes, and the colonel pulls his feet down on top, gets the anticlimactic three-minute win. Bo, anything to add? Well, they, the the uh, Asian stereotypes you know they had going were strong with Kurosawa and Ming. I remember noticing that right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, do you write any of them down? No, I mean they just yeah. had the the gong, the you mm-hmm. know, and the, and the and that and that string instrument, the bum bum bum, you know. <laughs> so of course I, I noticed that I'm like ah, uh, you know, uh, you know, like early. You know, it's not just WWF and Vince that would do that. Type oh yeah, of yeah, you know, Eric Bischoff, you know, read read the book on that. Um, but yeah, I mean this one once again. Um, I mean these three matches, six, seven, and eight. Um, you know, the Macho Man one was really the one that a memorable one to me because I knew this. You know, these people were just kind of, you know, silly costumes at this point um, to me. Um, you know, that. <laughs> yeah, because I and, guess, and, yeah. Well, well, and the Macho one kind of like was seated later, or I guess the Lex Luger, I know who he is, but yeah, I guess this one was definitely kind of the uh, middle sort of just, you know, th- th- this normally today would be on like a pre show, I feel like. Because like looking at this pre show, I got the Wikipedia up here. Like in terms of people I know, there's a match that Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, and Michael Adams and some other guy. This is William Regal. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero and Disco <laughs> Inferno. I know who they are. Yeah. Paul Orndorff, I know who he is against yeah. the Renegade. Uh so yeah, you know, I like I I don't know. I guess maybe those guys weren't as big now, but I mean I feel like nowadays at least one of those matches would yeah, definitely WC, this, you know. WCW did that shit all the time, right? During this time period, you would read like their pre-show, and you'll go, "Why? Yeah. Why do you have? Why do you have this match like Joe Gomez and Mongo in the in <laughs> like, on the pay-per-view instead of like the gentleman Chris Adams and and fucking Chris Benoit, right? Which Joe like, Gomez Mongo might have been the worst pay-per-view match from 96. Wow. Absolutely right. <laughs> and I think didn't your boy one man gang or someone there was like a US title change on the pre-show or some on one of them maybe. Uh on a dark match post post uh okay. Starcade 95. I think it was Starcade 95. Yeah. The yeah. the battle of the World Cup of Wrestling World which Cup. turned into Japan versus the <laughs> USA. With right. less than half the team being from America, yeah. absolutely. 
Uh, yeah, uh, that's it for that. So then we have uh, Mean Gene and Macho Man, and I don't think either one of them knew what the hell they were supposed to be doing here. Because I, I didn't write it down, but then all of a sudden, Macho's like, your mustache is crooked. Your mustache. He's like, well, your beard is crooked. And then he's like, Gene's like, how did we get here? It was, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. It was one of the highlights of the event for me when I Mach just looks at Gene and goes, your mustache is crooked. And, and Gene, as a professional, is like, hey, your beard is crooked. And Mach, with like seamlessly looks at the at the camera as like not to defend himself, but to like tell others that it's okay if their beard is crooked too. Yeah. That's all right. <laughs> Damn it, you're right. I'm gonna cut my beard crooked just because uh, Mach told me it was all right. Was yeah, I'll, try, I'll try to twist my mustache up tomorrow. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. I, for, I forget what he said in this too. You know, it, 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 it like it kind of you know, you know, like um one of those old. I guess you know they're probably still like almost all like push mowers are like this where you pull a rip cord. Yeah, boom, yeah. Boom, boom. You know, it's kind of like. He's sort of like that when he kind of gets started. Like, <laughs> and then, you know, <laughs> and, then, and then he kind of gets going and sputtering like a, like a real engine. And then, you know, then he can't hear anybody else. Yeah, there was one of them we reviewed recently where after everything he said, he's like, yeah, and uh, we're talking about Halloween. Nav. Yeah, and uh, mean Gene, yeah. I can't remember. They're, what they're, they're, they were like commas. They were like yeah. his sort of. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> yeah, <his> were. <laughs> And uh, well, well, remember the my favorite one was the one um after J- Jake the Snake slapped Missile Miss Elizabeth on T T. It was T T. It was yeah. yeah. And, uh, and he was just completely despondent. Yeah, that like, might have been it. Yeah, yeah. It just. But yeah, this was outstanding. He yeah, was like I did... wallowing on the ground like a kid. Like <laughs> it, was, it was funny stuff, man. I'm glad, Kevin, you pointed out the it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I love that. It just, I mean, and the way that he looked into the yeah. camera, it was like with, with so much like emotion and like care, right? <laughs> For anybody out there, this beard is crooked. They yeah. just, he just wants them to know it's all right. Yeah. So <laughs> and I think right. Macho just was completely off track. And again, I had no idea what he was doing here and that's just what he said to get his bail himself out is yeah. my guess so good i think they, he was talking about luger he's like yeah i know he's gonna beat ming later yes so i'm gonna face him yeah yeah that's basically <laughs> it but yeah this was outstanding um and we go to our next match another three minute classic which sees sabu with the original chic defeating mr jl in three minutes, 25 seconds, Bo, Mr. JL is Jerry Lynn, uh-huh. who was one of the guys Jericho took out recently. Yeah. He's one the AEW producer who came out. So that's him. Yeah, yeah, I know who Jerry Lynn is. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, yeah. tell me about Mr. JL. Love Mr. JL, man. I, I've met him a couple times. He's one a Minnesota the, guy too, right? Minnesota guy, yeah. one of the one of the sweetest guys I think I've ever met in in wrestling. Uh took a lot of time. I, I met him at a first wrestling event, probably boy 10 12 maybe more years ago okay and, and I, one of the things i love asking wrestlers is like just tell tell me your favorite match of yours because that's what i want to know like what their best work is and he took the time and he walked me through like four of his favorite matches and just took time for that's like no awesome. reason no, he didn't oh, need wow. to 
but just took the time to like sit and, and chat with me. Just super, super kind person was there for his, uh, at his retirement show. They did a huge thing here in Minnesota for him, had a great show. Just like I said, just a really kind, sweet, kind hearted person. I, nobody out there that you'll ever see has anything negative to say about, about Mr. JL It's just an awesome. And actually one of his favorite matches was when he lost his mask, uh, Mr. J, Mr. JL. So who did he it, lose it to? no idea can't remember but if if you can find it, it I, i'm guaranteeing it's worth the watch i'm surprised he didn't say this one yeah yeah well <laughs> I, I you said it was three this one was another like three minute bang 325 but it definitely this one felt a little they got a lot in in this yes. time yes a lot yep. of flips a lot mm-hmm. of flips in this one it was a little little disjointed like they were just kind of like running around and jumping around. And I think the sheet got taken out at one point. And uh, yeah, I think uh, Sabu hit his probably third moonsault and got the win. But uh, compared to the other short matches, this one to me was significantly better than, you know, Sab or Kurosawa and then the Savage Zodiac. So this, it was at least interesting, I guess. Yeah. hundred I mean, I 100% agree with you. The one thing that I, I don't like is that this, this match reminded me a lot of today's wrestling that's just cram as much in as you can uh i think one of the things is is that like both of these guys are not long for wcw jl a little bit longer than sabu yeah but they're getting this huge platform to showcase Mm -hmm. and i mean you're looking at sabu who's obviously ecw guy which they're just do whatever you want, throw as much shit as you can in and jails there. He's got a spotlight. So I can understand the mentality of, Hey, we got three and a half minutes. Let's just go out there and fucking wow. them. And, yeah. and to a certain extent, I think they did, especially for this year, you know, 1995, yeah. what they did in this match in 95 yeah. is, is fucking over the top. Yeah. Like it, it would, if they would have stretched this match out to eight minutes, this match holds up on a raw, a SmackDown, a dynamite. You know what I mean? Like if no doubt eight minutes. So it really speaks to what they can do as performers. Sabu and JL. No doubt. Bell, your thoughts. Yeah. I think this is the most exciting one out of the kind of the, the sort of middle there, you know, at least the one that sort of left like the biggest impression on me. And yeah, you, you are right. Like it definitely was the most dense um, action dense out of all of them, which was, you know, pretty nice because especially with this card, with how many like, disqualifications and like posturing (laughs) and just fuck finishes yeah yeah just 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 all this just kind of stuff and people coming in and just like stretching things out and they're you know just dead time um yep you know uh this at least you know was something that was like very exciting in the condensed amount of time that it was given and like kevin said way ahead of its time you know like you just didn't see guys doing flips like this especially before you know, Mysterio came in and Ultimo Dragon, although I guess he wasn't quite as flippy. Psychosis, you know, before the cruiserweights really kind of took hold, which I'd say was probably next year, 96. So, um, but yeah, and again, I didn't remember Sabu in WCW had to be pretty brief. And uh, like this is 95 is when ECW was kind of just kickstarting too. So yeah, yeah. fun stuff. And now... The moment we've all been waiting for, the master <laughs> with the taskmaster, Sullivan! <laughs> Kevin, I'm going to let you take it from here, and then we'll... My it. son, <laughs> Sullivan! <laughs> I, so, I love... Uh, I love that they did this live. Oh, so good. <laughs> but I wish that they didn't. <laughs> 
there's so many things like the mic like they tried to hide the mics which <laughs> makes sense like i understand you want to do that but they're right there yeah. like sully should have been in the robe they could have hid the mic a little bit and the master the master needed to kind of cinch his robe up a little bit higher because do you know what do you know what type of undies he was wearing because i can tell you <laughs> no fruit of the loom they were bvds <laughs> <laughs> the master is a bvd man uh one of the things that I, I loved is clearly they're, they're reading from script, right? Yeah. Clearly, clearly they wrote that out, but to get his, to get his paws in and to get his bearings, the master just kept on going back to Sullivan, <laughs> my son. And, I'm like, okay, like, and then once Sullivan starts talking, it's over for me, man. It's fucking over because <laughs> it, it almost sounds like a, almost like a coherent, ultimate warrior promo if you I, I if you see can that yeah it together that yeah. way but you, he just loses you so quick because he he talks about the fourth house rising on the third moon and <laughs> all of a sudden we're on fucking andor and i don't know what's going on at that point and i just i want i like in my i've made the ma- like the taskmaster such a like fucking kooky character in my head, like an every, like an everyday guy taskmaster to hear him with this weird shit throws me off a little bit. Yeah. Hey, like, part of, right. Part of me, part of me was like, Hey master, uh, I know we got this, we're going to do this thing here, but maybe we, can we go have a catch afterwards? Like, like, like that's like in my head, like that's what he's doing. Like, uh, you shorted me a little bit on my, I, um, I don't, I don't want to be a bad kid here, Pa, but uh, allowance was a little short this week. Uh, like, that's I've, so I've made him this different character in my head. So yeah. then you hear him talk about all this weird, strange shit. I'm like, oh no, that's not that's not my taskmaster. <laughs> when I love when the master was talking to it would just randomly zoom in on Sully multiple times mm-hmm. and he just had a silly looking face, like, okay, I gotta remember my lines. I gotta remember is kind of what I thought was right. right. And he was doing this like weird shit. I mean, all the way back into the if you go back to like into his back catalog, right, in Florida and stuff like that. Yeah. His his promos are some of the most far out, strange, like try and follow me if you can bullshit <laughs> and you think about it and you think about it you're like man I'm, I'm gonna have to look up like 90 percent of your promo because all i know what you said was like the it's a like <laughs> you don't know anything else that's going on <laughs> so i actually wrote down almost all of the master's promo here oh, so i'm just oh, wow. gonna go ahead and perform this here real yes, quick please all do right. <laughs> sullivan my yeah, son yeah, <laughs> the moon is full over Detroit, Michigan. I like the, Detroit. The stars, Sullivan, are lined up, and the great Milky Way is ready for you, my son. And here's good my candy favorite. bar, good candy bar, Dad. It's good one. I like the Milky Ways. Here's my favorite. I like, part. like a Kit Kat too, maybe a Snickers. <laughs> in in Tokyo, Japan, in Peking, China. It's the start of another day. And then it zooms in on Sully. They you think s- we can get a crab Rangoon? <laughs> <laughs> they say there will be a total eclipse of the sun around the world because Sullivan, we are here right now. And, he- and tonight you will walk among the galaxies because of the ja and the insurance of the Yeti. Well, do- you will destroy Hulkamania around the globe. <laughs> 
You know, without without the foreshadowing, he said a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it is a day night here. It, it's a, a day, new day in Tokyo. A day elsewhere. <laughs> There's a moon at night and the sun during the day. Okay. I, I'm going to just read this part, Sullivan's part, and Kevin, you can redo it if you want. But he says, Hogan, in Detroit, we brought the insurance policy. A giant shall lead us into the next century, Hogan. When you put on the black, the evil inside of you is out of control. Then I have Dungeon of Doom's trucks are the best. <laughs> Hogan doesn't have a friend in the world. Then he's talking about how Sting and Luger don't like him. And lightning does not strike twice in this universe. <laughs> So what he's essentially saying is, uh, is uh, so we got this, uh, we're here in Detroit tonight. Uh, I, I'm happy to be here. Uh, Hogan, he, cha- he changed, well, he changed his clothes. He hasn't done that since the 80s because he was wearing the red and the yellow. But, but uh, you know, sometimes when you, you wear clothes too much, they gotta, you got to buy new stuff, get new wardrobe, especially if you're trying to pick up chicks. So he, he's wearing the, the dark stuff now, which is pretty good. I like it. Uh, I, I, got, I got a friend is. His name is Norm. He's a mechanic. He works on the trucks a lot, and I trust his work. Real good guy, really. Uh, so he made our Dungeon of Doom truck. It's 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 a real good truck. You're gonna like it out there. And then and then after we got the we got the Yeti. Did you hear? We got a Yeti. We froze him out of ice. I don't I don't know. I don't know where we got team of scientists found him. I suppose brought him down to the dungeon, and uh, we're gonna get you, Hulkster. The Yeti. <laughs> that I love how it's the Yeti. Oh yeah, it's got to be the Yeti. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we're having a ball. <laughs> Honestly, this next segment to me was just as good as anything. The WCW <laughs> Harley Davidson sweeps. <laughs> this was fucking unbelievable. Um, I got some notes here. Not enough. We got Mike Hill from Coleman, Alabama as the winner. <laughs> with yep. His fiance, who I thought it was his daughter. Oh, I did I, too. Until oh I rewatched God, yeah. this. Who they don't let her get a fucking word out. She's just like standing there in the middle of all these people. We've got Cadillac Jack, Tony Carlini in the back. (laughs) We've got Doris from Harley Davidson. And Gene is just like cutting everybody off. (laughs) Like he's just talking. He's like, all right, let me get Doris so we can see her smiling face up here. And he's like, all right, Hulkster. (laughs) (laughs) But it's just so good. Uh what do you what did you guys think of this like this to me was just so fucking funny and it's like minutes before hulk is about to go on the top of kobo hall to have this monster truck battle he's here with mike hill from coleman alabama (laughs) maniac mike as he called him maniac mike brother uh i this these giveaway segments and stuff like that, man. I get I get a kick out of them big time. I, I forget who it was that uh, Joan Joan McCallick from Romulus, Michigan, won the monster truck. Uh, it fucking like now you got you got Maniac Mike here winning a Harley, which is hilarious. It's just it's such a it's so weird and they're so out of place. Yeah. Uh, to see like to see the guys from the the Harley, the Cadillac, Jack, and fucking. Doris is over there, and yeah, bless her, man. Doris, Doris is the tits, man. I love Doris. She's like, here's your keys here, you know. (laughs) And the giveaway package, man. Got hats, got got some shirts, some sweaters, man. It was. It's interesting because this is the this is the type of segment that should be reserved for the pre-show. Yeah, and they they. (laughs) 
they put it, this, it right in the middle here. Right in the middle. It's so weird to me, but it's funny, and, I, and I'm okay with it. The to have that, that Dungeon of Dune segment in this back-to-back is literally the best <laughs> five minutes of the show. I mean, maybe not, because there's some great shit at the end, but, like, in terms of just laughs and, like, what the fuck is this? Like, just outstanding stuff. Yep. Well, the, and, my favorite part's at the end, too. Or I guess, yeah, go ahead. And, uh, oh, I was just going to say one thing. He's like, Hulk, he's like, yeah, Maniac Mac, he gives me that extra that extra edge I need, brother, to know that the Maniacs are on my side. And then he's like, Cadillac, to- Cadillac Jack Carlini, put a little extra chrome on that thing, brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the very end, too, that guy, they're like, what are you going to do with it, Mike? Finally gets him, he's like, we're going to straddle it all the way back to Alabama. <laughs> <laughs> straddle it. <laughs> I fucking love your. I love you putting the like the extra southern accent yeah. on it. Oh, yeah. And he was he was so much more quiet and muted than the rest too. Yeah. You know, because he's not yelling. You know, and he's, he's standing there the whole fucking time waiting to get this line out too, <laughs> while Gene's conducting this orchestra of Cadillac Jack and Doris and Maniac Mike. Oh God, yeah, we're gonna straddle that thing all the way back to Alabama. <laughs> And no, they're fucking not, man. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh, no. Alabama. Yeah. Fuck that. Oh, no, yeah. And how, and how cold was it in Detroit that night? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Octo- late October 95. Yeah. I'm sure pretty chilly. <laughs> yeah, ride it night. all yeah. the way back down yeah. south. And one other thing Hulk said right before that, he's like, I got Cadillac Jack and the high women watching my back, brother. I don't think he meant to say the highway women, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But he said Cadillac Jack and the high women. Watching my back, brother. I mean, how are you going to go wrong with that? Well, Cosby did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. So then I guess is uh, I did not make any notes on Luger versus Ming. Um, But, uh, yeah, this is the next match. And it goes 13 minutes, 14 seconds. Ming accompanied by the Taskmaster. Uh, Luger wins via DQ here. Uh, Kevin, what are your thoughts on this match? Because I got nothing right now. And uh, well, it's Luger, your boy. So, uh, well, I'll take it easy. Take it easy with that, my boy talk. But uh, so this was actually not not a bad match. It just wasn't a good or entertaining match. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't so far down where you would actually label it to being a bad match. It wasn't poor. It was. It just was. It was just kind of there. It's kind of there. Uh, hated Ming's tights. And again, I don't know if you saw on, on his backside that, that uh, man, it ain't for me. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> what, what did it say? It had that. It, it looks like a witch's hand. Oh, and it yeah. looks like it's it's pulling out a a, a woman's feminine products. That's it's just fucking hideous. It, it looks horrible. Uh, the only thing that like I wrote down that I really didn't like about the match, uh, the. Ming takes out the spike, right? Hits oh, yeah. Luger with the spike, and then Task comes in, mm-hmm. and he just barely brushes yeah. Luger with and, with a boot to the shoulder to get the DQ. Yeah, like, if that was where you were gonna go. You could have gone there right away. So I don't think that like I think that Task should have stayed in the back. Yeah, and then after when he hits him with the spike, then Task should run out from the back. Then you can have that spot, but having him out there for the entirety of the match and then have him just do that little bit to get DQ'd for yeah. that, that part of it, I didn't like. So, yeah, I didn't hate the match, but I, I didn't, I didn't like the way they finished it. Bo, your thoughts? I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, honestly, like this for being 13 minutes, like was a little more forgettable than than just the silliness that that's kind of what I'm came, saying. Like came, came before this because I don't know. I I I, I think you know I kind of looked at this um, the card on Wikipedia, so I sort of knew the outcome of this. Like the Macho Man one was less obvious but more silly, um, or or more obvious and more silly. This was less obvious and just kind of less silly. And then just kind of after all the stuff you know kind of before that you know this just kind of yeah and then knowing that the 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 sumo stuff was going on like i think this got a little lost in my anticipation and you kind of figured luger you know they're already setting this match up with the macho man later so you know he's gonna win but yeah you're right kevin kind of a weak disqualification but let's move on because we've uh we've been trucking along and the best stuff is yet to come although shit that task promo and the harley davidson giveaway was pretty good but um, so I guess Mean Gene is back with the Jai, and ja. they uh, they have a little chat here. Um, it'll be machine versus machine. There's no way Hogan can overpower him. He said he's going to push Hogan off the roof, and he will roll him back in the ring to win the title. Uh, Giant says if Hogan survives the truck battle, he would defeat him. Blah blah blah. Yeah, nothing really. Do you have anything here, Kev? Uh, the only thing, the only thing that I thought was interesting was you pick on you pick up on Jai's delivery, and it is straight ho- '90s Hogan delivery. Ah. So you can, like if you pay attention to his delivery, it's clear that he's been watching Hogan promos to study uh, for his delivery. And then Gene, Gene selling that the Jai was crushing his hand was fucking. Oh crazy. yeah, yeah. Gene's a fucking pro. Yeah, he yeah. is. Oh, I forgot the. Uh... The tag matches before the uh, fucking all this. Uh, so yeah, we get we got we got okay. Well, this has a decent match with a big ending. So um, yeah, we have Ric Flair and the Stinger. Stinger. <laughs> <laughs> all this shit geeks me out. Yeah. Defeating the four horsemen team of Arn Anderson, Brian Pillman by disqualification in seventeen minutes and nine seconds. But the story here is uh rick flair turning on sting and rejoining the four horsemen but uh pretty good match overall like you said it was uh you know there was a lot of punishment to sting here Bo. how much can he take how much can he take and you know turns out that not enough and then flair fucking turns on him but uh I thought it was a pretty good match, and I also was wondering, have, had you seen Brian Pillman Sr. before? In a I don't I don't think I have, no. Yeah. I think this is my first time. So what did you think of him and just the match in and of itself? No, I, I thought they were all pretty exciting, especially like there's a little bit outside of the ring, um, like kind of to the left side of sort of where the camera is situated for the ring that uh, that was pretty exciting. No, those, you know, they, um, you know, not like, you know, obviously like this is sort of a non kind of flippy era, but this was a lot faster I think until we got to the super duper long drawn out sting punishment part, this, you know, had some speed and some pop to it. That was definitely lacking um, in the card above. And the crowd was definitely more into this match than probably anything before it saved maybe the opener, but they might've, they were probably more into this one just because of the star power. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Like outside of the the main event stuff, you know, this had the most story going on. So again, And like this was kind of really the first match where it just felt like to me a pay per view match, like because the rest yeah. of it just kind of, yeah. Doesn't the opener, really get... I, the opener, I think fits. You know, it's a TV yeah. title match. It got time, uh-huh. but yeah, totally agree. Between uh-huh. that and now, a lot of fucking slop. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Big slop. Kev, Kev, your thoughts on the match? 
So it was it was interesting to begin with, right? And I love I love that that Bo, you said it was the like see how much punishment sting can take. This was like the passion of the stinger is what it was when it turned into <laughs> yeah. how, how much can we fucking brutalize him. Yeah. So that like that part of it was was kind of interesting to me. They did that like get get sympathy on him get sympathy get sympathy get sympathy get yep. sy- but at a certain point you're like i i, I can i can no longer give it only take much- so much sympathy right, so much right. Sympathy. you, you gotta you gotta leave the movie theater right yeah. <laughs> you can't can't beat the shit out of him for two hours straight right it's not enjoyable anymore yeah so it did drag on a little yeah little yes. much the the one thing that i think was uh, important to note over anything else was the athleticism of Pee Wee Anderson. Oh yeah, <laughs> he walks up those ropes with ease, man, yeah. with ease, blocking Stinger from tossing Pillman over the, that top rope. Yeah, beautiful work by Pee Wee in, in in this one. Yeah, uh, when Flair comes out, like they gave him the "We want Flair" chance and all that. Flair comes running out. He's got the the bandage over his head. Looks like it looks great. He's wearing his khakis on the outside. Yeah, just, that's an, not in not in wrestling gear nah, at all man he's ready for a fight right yeah. he's strutting back and forth and back and forth it, it was really that part of it i i loved when he came out in the pop that he got the half crab man the half oh, crab yep pop, that bugged the shit out of me <laughs> because when they reach in for leverage He's pulling him away from yeah. like away from putting the strain on the legs. So I was like, that's you not how the other way. It's the other. Yeah, that's not yeah. how leverage works, guys. Yeah. So that part of it really, really fucking bothered me. First performance on the outside. Like that was that was beautiful. Oh, yeah. His his being able to get the crowd so jacked up. We're just walking around, right? Just because he around, yeah, you know? he wasn't in the match at all, right? No, yeah. no, not at all. And Stinger finally makes the tag. Yep. Arn kind of backs up a little bit. Flair comes in, does a little strut, bounces off the ropes, and then just, just hammers him. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. yeah. And then it's time to kill Sting, right? Everybody's yeah. killing Sting at that point. <laughs> they're putting that fucker up on the crucifix, is what they're doing right there. <laughs> Wasn't this the one where that this was right before the other ref came in? That one was kind of trying to call for the bell, and like the bell wasn't ringing, and he was just kind of <laughs> dancing around the ring. And then they had to bring the other ref in to break up the fight, and then they did the bell. But it looked like he was trying to call for the bell. No one was paying attention. Yeah, <laughs> or nobody cared. But yeah, they unload on Sting, and then Gene Gene's up in the entranceway, plugging the hotline again. This was when you have Hawk back on the phone after. His lost. I don't know why you got getting the loser on there. I want to talk to Kurosawa or the Rooster, goddammit. But uh, then Flair interrupts him. And he grabs the mic and, you know, basically talks about how great the horsemen are. Pillman gives a woo. Um, and Arn says something about uh, we're getting the fans what they deserve. Someone uh, threw a coke, like a, a, yeah, a coke at him. And Thank you. Yeah. Thank yes. you. That is the that was the one spot in that entire promo. I was like, <laughs> That motherfucker did yeah. the, the coke landed perfectly. Yeah, like, almost like it was a commercial. Somebody just tossed <laughs> it in there, and he's like, "Yeah, the horsemen drink coke." Like, <laughs> an awesome. Yeah. Oh man, and Gene was just fucking irate with him. He was, yeah. he, he, was, he, was, he was so mad. God, he's so good. Um, then there was a uh, Luger backstage with Mike Tanay, but nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Nothing. Oh, you got something here. Oh, uh, he reminded me of Chris Farley. 
Booger did because when he goes the the the, the big boys are gonna get it on. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Remind me of uh, uh, Farley from uh, uh, Tommy uh, Boy. Not no, Tommy Boy from her, uh, 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 Billy Madison. That's exactly what it was like. The big boys are gonna get it on. <laughs> no, they're not. Oh. No, they're not. <laughs> okay, now it is time for the monster truck sumo match. <laughs> That's what they were calling it on top of Kobo Hall, which I believe was adjacent to the Joe Lewis Arena. They say there's nothing but the Detroit River and concrete below, as we will surely find out. Uh, and then they bring on Bob Chandler, who built, oh, yeah. uh, built Hogan's truck. Uh, truck bigger and meaner than any other truck. It's got 1,500 horsepower. The tires are six feet tall and 1,000 pounds each, and it runs on alcohol. <laughs> talk about drunk driving huh <laughs> so i do i love that they get bob chandler on there like he's clearly like what the fuck is going on <laughs> and i love at the end they like rush him out bischoff's like bob let's get out of here <laughs> um but anything to to say before we go on top of the building here uh so this was actually recorded the night before okay that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this was this was a, a pre-record job from the night before, and they were concerned about the amount of like rain that they had because it was kind of um, like sprinkling throughout yeah. the day. So that was a concern of theirs with the with the monster trucks. I would I wonder what it would have been like had they not had like the slick surface to, uh-huh. to work with. And I don't know shit about I don't know anything about cars in general, <laughs> let alone monster trucks. Like the only thing I know is where the gas hole is. That's it. That's all I know. So as far as as far as that goes, but I would I, I just wonder if they would have spun and done like that much like <laughs> like like sliding around and stuff if, if yeah. it wasn't like a rainy surface like that part of it actually intrigued me a little bit not knowing anything about vehicles and stuff and I was like man if they were just if it was dry. Are they just like going back and forth and back? And Which forth? is almost what they were doing anyway. Yeah, except right. it was just way slower and just not very exciting. Right. Yeah. Just kinda, yeah. And I mean, just sort of the way how distant it was shot and just the rules and just sort of how like I think what the giant pushed like Hogan's back wheels out, back axle out twice. Yeah. And then Hogan got, you know. Well, speaking of the rules, before no. they even get in the trucks. Hogan's like, I'm ready for you, Giant. And then he's like, wait, wait, what are the rules, ref? Tell us. <laughs> it's like you, you've been preparing for this for how long? <laughs> I'm ready for you, Giant. Wait, what are the rules, ref? <laughs> and then you got this mullet gearhead talking about the rules, like not one set of axles, two sets of axles across the line. And, and then Giant's like, I'm going to win, Hogan, and shoves him. They get into the, the trucks, they're welded together, and then, like, Hulk Hogan's face every time they showed him was just so funny. It was just, like, shaking every time with a big, like, smile, like, just the most overacting ever. Um, but, man, yeah, this went on way too long <laughs> for just cars kind of moving back and forth, and the announcers were way too excited about it the whole time. Yeah. No, you said it. Yeah, uh, Hogan's axles went out a couple of times, just the back ones. Um, but long story short, Hogan finally wins, pushes him out over the line. <sighs> they get out of the car. 
they start uh uh, first off, there is a huge roar of the crowd when Hogan wins. They get out of the trucks and they're fighting towards the edge of the building. I think Jai has them choked and they get up on the ledge. <laughs> the fucking classic. So he, Hogan tries to push out of the choke and then you get Jai just twirling his arms with the... <laughs> my buddy grew up we grew up and my buddy had a best of halloween havoc vhs and we nice. this was probably like 99 so that was the first time i ever saw this shit so it's always just stuck with me is like the funniest thing of like when he's just whoa whoa and then hogan immediately like, oh no somebody get to me <laughs> like it is the most over the top and obviously to the announcers and everything as well but uh Kevin. The, thing, the thing that threw, threw, threw me off right away was they start yelling to send security up. Yeah. You know, send, why are you fucking sending anybody up? He went off the side of the building. He's down now, oh, right? Yeah. He's down. Yeah. Sending people up ain't doing you shit. <laughs> Get the paramedics outside onto the ground. Send nobody up. Yeah. Everybody down. Use Fuck. that helicopter that was clearly filming above to fucking find him. I, I right, love- exactly. <laughs> I would love to see how like far he fall, which not yeah. far. Like like you know what like little like five foot ledge was he? T- what well, apparatus? I mean, did yeah, they yeah, have yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Like a mattress. Boy, that's a good that's a good tug too. Because I don't know if there was like I don't know exactly what Cobo Hall looks like. Yeah. So it's very possible they had some like a level something or a, built something right. And if they didn't, well, if they didn't, then they would have had to. Because I don't think that you're going to take a man that size. No. Put out one of those like stunt mat gimmicks and let him fall all the way down. They to clearly it. had this, you know, prepared. I'm yeah, sure. oh yeah. Because he's oh, too yeah. big. Like you said, he's too big for them to fuck around. But uh, yeah. yeah. Bo, I know you hadn't seen this before so what did you think i mean when they started getting out and finding on the ledge you just kind of knew yeah. you know but like the just the execu- you didn't know you didn't know that was gonna happen yeah yeah you? yeah no no i didn't okay. and the, the, the execution of it was just so silly and like how they cut away they tried to make it seem so grave and serious but the yeah. way that they were just exaggerating was just um i mean it it, it was so gloriously artificial you know <laughs> like that's a great way of putting yeah, it yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know like you, you you have to just you know really really appreciate it you yeah. know it, it was just it was just so hokey and silly and one thing i forget about is like whenever they're cutting away to them driving in the monster trucks when they're just sitting there you know when they yeah. have the cameras of them in the monster truck yeah which they didn't show the giant's face but they showed hogan, hogan, was, hogan was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole time yeah and oh geez. man yeah so then they show a shot of the water. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, look, is could he be down there? I don't know. He's a big man. When they showed that shot of the of the water, I was really hoping that they were going to toss a dummy in. Like it took him that long. Yeah. Like it took him four and a half minutes to finally fall all the way down and yeah. hit the water. Obviously, they never did. But that would have just, yeah, that would have been so perfect if they would have like, it would have been that much more outrageous yeah. and that much like, a, you like see the go, big like, splash. Yeah, like Bo said, uh, <laughs> are, are gloriously artifact. Like that would have been perfect. <laughs> so after they show that, then they cut back to Shivani Heenan and our boy uh, Chandler and they're freaking out. I think <laughs> Bobby's like, what do we do now? And then... <laughs> <laughs> um then he's like to bobby he's like bobby what do we, he's like 
I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Did he go off on the water side or the street side? <laughs> and then that's when Bischoff shoes Bob Chandler out and Shivani comes back on the set. And then we just hear Luger's music and we're back to the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they did a pretty good job of selling like how distraught they were about it though. Yeah. Like, they did a really like a pretty solid job of like making it appear like something horrible. Yeah could have happened Heenan especially Heenan especially is just like losing it he is apoplectic this whole time absolutely but yeah it's like what where could this giant man have gone and he's not wrong like how does it take that long to figure this out yeah (laughs) um shit I had something yeah like during the midst of the match which again this match is an afterthought here um absolutely um Let's see. There's <laughs> just got a few. Um, this macho man swings at the ref, and then Shivani says, things have gotten kind of nuts tonight. Uh, I love, so, Kevin, you've seen enough Luger matches to know that when he gets hit, he just goes, oh, like he does the, and there's, he got hit in the stomach. Oh, uh, he, he like throws him into the, the ring post. Oh, and then into the guardrail. Oh, <laughs> It's like a fucking Street Fighter game. Like, you can't punch him without hearing that. Yeah. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Every single time. Me and my buddy used to always geek. Same one who had the uh, the Halloween Havoc VHS would always laugh so hard at just Luger's. Oh! <laughs> so and, like, there were multiple guardrail throws, and it was like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> so that's what I was laughing at more than anything. But, um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, fucking Heenan is like, any word yet? Trying to find out if we're going to have a match. Or no, that's Shivani. And then Brain's like, damn it, can you find out? Like, he's just <laughs> unglued. Because I guess someone is like, maybe it's a producer, someone sitting with him that I guess he's yelling at. And I think it's a female as well. But he just fucking loses it. Um, and yeah, this ends with uh, Jimmy Hart on the apron and um helping oh no he <laughs> jimmy hart gets on the apron they collide savage throws luger into hart and then he gets the elbow drop for the win but uh yeah this only goes about five minutes again it's an afterthought because of the commentary and everything surrounding that and oh my god what's are we going to have a main event so uh the match of in and of itself it was a match and luger lost so uh that has to please you kev yeah, absolutely. Anytime that Luger lo- loses, I'm I'm pretty happy about it. Mm-hmm. I oh. did like the like the 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 story that they were working on telling though. Like they are angling for Lex Luger to turn, right? Yes. Lex Luger's got to turn. There's some darkness in Lex Luger. So yep. the, the way that they set that up with Jimmy Yeah, cuz Jimmy just came out. That's right. The, yeah. Throwing the distraction, Savage doing the uh, you know the reversal of the Irish whip, sending Luger into Jimmy. Like I do like that. That's kind of how because at that point Jimmy hadn't completely turned. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like it was. And it the was... announcers note that he's clad in black, but he mm-hmm. was during the Harley Davidson giveaway. You didn't notice it then, <laughs> right? Right. Like it's like the, they're like there's small details that you would go, wow, you pay that much attention and can do good things. Like as far as the details and as far as the story, yeah. and then you do something like the fucking monster truck bit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you guys can get there, just yeah. get there. 
Yeah. Bo, did you have anything to add on this one? No, not particularly on this <laughs> one. You know, uh, like this. Um, yeah, it had like a decent little bit of kind of excitement. But yeah, I was pretty just sort of wrapped up in the yeah. everything else a little yeah, bit, to be honest with sure. you. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Um, Heenan is still freaking out after yeah. the match and about not getting the info. He gets up and leaves. And then Shivani's like, that's the best thing that's happened to me all night. But then Heenan comes back like less than a minute later. Um, he's like, it's going to take him two hours to get outside because there's so many people. <laughs> he's like, it's 1995, for God's sakes. Can't we tell what's going on 50 feet from the building? Can somebody please tell us what's going on? <laughs> and then Heenan tells Tony he doesn't care. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And then Tony's like, all right, let's go to Michael Buffer. And Heenan's like, what? No! <laughs> he's about to announce the giant because he's like, he's a member of the Dungeon of Doom. But then we hear Hogan's music and Hogan coming out in all black with Jimmy Hart, who just had some weird shit going on. So you got to be a little suspicious. Um, let's see. Yeah, Hogan gets the mic and he's like, you know something, brothers? That wasn't supposed to go down like that, man. I didn't want the giant to take the plunge, brother. (laughs) This promo is still fucking funny. The the plunge. (laughs) Like, yeah, with how serious everyone else is treating this. You know, some brothers. I wasn't supposed to go down like that, man. I didn't want him to take the plunge. (laughs) Just taking away any level of seriousness from it right there. Then we hear the Dungeon of Doom music. Out comes the Jai. And Task and Hogan just can't believe it. And Heenan and I wrote down, he just says, I do not understand anything. Yep. <laughs> I well, he's right too, because if he if he went concrete side, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. And even if he went water side, like that's that's gonna at least sting. Uh, right? Also, uh, completely, completely unscathed. He, yeah, yeah. Completely yeah unscathed. He, he looks fine. <laughs> yeah, perfectly fine. Like you would think that he would get like a like grandiose entrance, <laughs> yeah, almost nope. like 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 uh, Undertaker at yeah. Rumble '94, like when he ascended. Yeah, like you would think you would get some type of reverse of that to be like, nope. no, look at this. He's just He's coming out. Like, this is great. And he just walks out. Yeah. Can I give him something? <laughs> and then we see Hogan takes off his bandana and he's got the Taskmaster paint on his forehead. Fucking poser. <laughs> uh, the dark side of Hogan, his punches are having no effect. Uh, Giants dominating. Hogan moves from the leg drop. He comes alive. He finally takes him off his feet by clotheslining him to the outside. And then Task grabs Giant. He's like, ah, let's get out of here. <laughs> they, start, <laughs> they start walking out. Um, they eventually get back in. I have Hogan finally hits him with the body slam, hits the leg drop. But Pee Wee Anderson goes down. <laughs> and first, I thought he went down just from the sheer force <laughs> it's like you can't see Jimmy Hart on camera when this happens. You just see the leg drop, and at the exact same time, Pee Wee like fucking tumbles down. It was an actual atomic leg drop, just yeah. fucking shockwaves and everything. <laughs> like in those, like when fucking Lesnar and Big Show broke the ring on SmackDown, yeah. and the ref like kind of flops up. Like it reminded me of that. And then Shivani realizes it. He's like, "Did Jimmy Hart hit the referee?" He hit the referee! <laughs> uh, and then he 
then he hits he hits the ref again. Jimmy grabs the belt, hits Hogan with it. He, of course, no-sells it. Hogan goes after him, and he gets bear-hugged by the giant. And then this was funny. Task then picks up the belt, only to just drop it back down. <laughs> and then just start hitting him with the weakest shots to the back. Luger and Savage come out, and then the yet. Tay, <laughs> which I know, I think he had made an appearance before on Nitro. Maybe is that correct? I think the only, I, you might be right. I don't want to say one hundred percent one way or the other, but I thought that the only appearance that he had was in a Dungeon of Doom segment. Okay, mm-hmm. so this wasn't could his be wrong, debut, though. but it was mm-hmm. in the ring, right? Yeah, yeah, like more often, but like just so funny. <laughs> Here, all right, Luger and Savage are coming out, and it's the Young Tay. And what does he do? While Giant is bear hugging Hogan, he just comes and hugs him. Yeah, just hugs, just hugs, him. hugs the shit out of him. It's an embrace, man. It, yeah, yeah it is an embrace. It is not a bear hug. Mm-hmm. He's not squeezing him. He's not hurting him. <laughs> He's merely hugging. He's hugging the giant. Yeah. And Hogan is in the middle, not being mm-hmm. touched by the yet. <laughs> now you got you got so obviously the Yete, right? You know, Ron Reese, he's a bigger man. Than the Jai is. Oh yeah, he's a bigger man, yeah. and he comes mm-hmm. out as the Yeti, but he's a mummy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Can anybody explain to me why the Yeti is a mummy? Like at all? Yeah. Could somebody please tell me what what is the core? Like why? <laughs> why is he a mummy? Because I don't. May. Right, like if he if he is a yeti that was frozen in ice and they thawed him out and they, they brought him back to life, why is he re- was there some place in the in the fucking universe that yetis wrapped their dead? The dungeon of doom, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> well, see that you just ex- that's all I needed. Yeah. The dungeon of doom, clearly, right? Yeah. At this point, my brain was just making whatever association that was just making. It was just, it, 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 was, it was just wide open and accepting whatever was thrown at me. Oh God! Like uh. again, Hogan falling off the building and the Yeti. I saw when I was a little kid on that VHS, and they've always held up to me as like two of the most insane, wacky, but yet funniest things I've ever seen in wrestling, and this especially because it's like. You're supposed to be this big, intimidating, scary figure, and you're literally barely touching him, and just like you're convulsing and yeah. hugging the man, and that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, let's see, uh, what did I have? Um, Luger then get then he like pu- fucking pushes the Yeti off him, like, all right, dude, you've done enough damage here. He's he gets fucking Hogan up in the rack. And then Macho Man's now getting hugged by the yet. (laughs) And he's like, all right, you're not doing anything here. So then he throws him up in the rack. And then all of a sudden, the ref just raises the giant's hand and gives him the belt, even though he's like, the winner is the giant by disqualification. And Buffer's like, but the title does not change hands, (laughs) even though he was just given the belt. But I love that the bell never rings. All this fucking shit happens. And then all of a sudden, Pee Wee Anderson just gives him. <laughs> That's that. So in in like in the midst of all of the commotion and chaos bullshit like parade that happened, <laughs> when you had Luger and Savage run down, and Jimmy hit Savage with the belt. You're right. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. Some, and then 
Savage sells it like he got shot. <laughs> and it's it's Jimmy Hart barely hits yeah. him with the bell. Like just a Savage is such a fucking pro. But that was the that was the thing that threw me off too, was they're like, okay, ring it's over now. It's over. Why? Yeah. Why, why yeah. is it over? What fucking happened that made it over? And then they give him the belt mm-hmm. and the, the the title cannot change hands. <laughs> well, guess what? The following night, guess who's the fucking champion? The Giants. <laughs> Could we all could we all get the same fucking memo? Could all of us get just the same memo that reads the same fucking thing? I so thought, I thought he was the champ after so like no explanation. He just walks into Nitro as the champ. We just watch, just watch the Nitro following this. Unbelievable. No fucking explanation. Guess what? Jai's the champ. Even though Buffer was so the, the twice, twice, maybe three times. Is it yeah, the title? At least. <laughs> Following night, guess what? Jai's champ. Deal with it, bitch. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> oh, that's wow. too funny. Like, what a capper on this oh, yeah. pig slop of a beautiful yeah, show is. here. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's so unbelievable. Funny. Just yeah. didn't even yeah, no, didn't even care. Yeah, there was Just clearly a miscommunication damn. between Pee Wee Anderson, Michael Buffer, Eric Bischoff, Tony Schiavone, whomever. And then they just decided after the show, ah, fuck it. Let's fuck just it. give him the belt anyway. Right. Well, that was always like the, one of the big things was like giant won the heavyweight title in his debut match. Like that was a big thing. I was like, well, wait, I guess he fucking didn't. I've been wrong all these years. <laughs> then you watch the following night. And you're like, oh, I guess I was right. Who's right. What's so going on? This was his debut match. I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Cause yeah, he had just been showing up with the dungeon similarly and just like, mm-hmm. like the backstage sketches. Yep. Yep. I Running knew- over Holster's Harley with his monster truck, you know, regular shit. Yeah. <laughs> I knew he was very new at this point, but I guess it didn't click that this was his debut match. So yeah, uh, no bell rings. He's given the belt, told he's not the champ, but yet he's the champ. How about that? <laughs> Silly. And then, like, it just then that's another thing, like, with these WCW shows, it, it doesn't just end there. Then they cut back to Tony and Heenan. They're like kind of wrapping everything up. Hogan and Mach are hurt. And then they just kind of like limp to the finish. You know, yeah. like a WWE pay per view, they end it or they try to end it on like a high note. Yeah. Or, you know, they don't give you whatever the announcers are going to say because that's for tomorrow. So I've always mm-hmm. kind of disliked that on how these WCW pay per views ended. But, uh, what a fucking show. <laughs> no slop. joke. Love no it. joke. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well, football is back. Baby, as we've been talking about, and our new sponsor, True Classic, wants you to look and feel your best even after a couple of brewskis or going full force on your fantasy football draft. Sure, it's football season, but it's also butt to couch season, baby. Luckily, True Classic has the absolute best fitting clothing a man or woman can buy. Snug in the arms and chest with a little extra space in the torso. Their t-shirts are designed to keep you cozy and highlight your best assets, no matter what you're up to. Mm-mm-mm. So if you're special, someone is upset that you're watching football all day, 
At least you can look good doing it. <laughs> True Classic has helped over 2 million men find the perfect fit at an affordable price. Our listeners get access to the best deal they offer, and for a limited time only, you can get 25% off with the code BBB at trueclassic.com. Tell them more, Beaumont. Almost all men's t-shirts are designed to look good on skinny models with six packs. Like you. Clearly, yeah. But for most of us, aren't packing anything but a few beers. Like fellas. Yeah, yeah, fellas, you're wearing the wrong clothes. True Classics tees taper off toward the bottom, but they fit tight around the chest, shoulders. You know, it's time to highlight your best attributes with a t-shirt you can confidently throw on. Not only are you finally getting a t-shirt designed for the male body, if you've never before, but the first thing you'll notice is how soft it is. The colors are prime, too, like Deion Sanders, and you can even match your team of choice. They are soft, that's for sure. Well, you know they don't stop at tees. Uh, they are I your... Yeah, you, you didn't. Yeah, I, I had I, I had an idea. Um, they're your one-stop shop for men's essentials, from polos and workout shirts with the same flattering fit to boxer briefs designed with a pouch to keep your bulge nice and comfortable and mm. hidden away. Uh, mm. All of their gear is top-notch quality at reasonable prices. They have this dope pack builder on their website where you could custom bundle all their essential products and save even more than the discount we're offering you today. Wow, the DPB. And for the defense, the defense size players, you know, (laughs) outside of the cornerbacks and the safeties, they have long body options for the tall guys and up to triple XL on their staple colors. Whether you have abs or flabs or or blabs, uh, their uh, clothes look great on all body types. Let's stop beer belly shaming with better clothes. Yeah, let's stop. Yeah, and just acting nicer to other people. Yeah. Uh, men, let's be team players here. Upgrade your wardrobe with True Classic and help your friends out by telling them about these tees as well. From Tall Steve's, Active Paul's, to Average Greg Goldman's, yep. True Classic has your back. Call us to action, Brett. It is about time you get your fit together. Update your wardrobe with True Classic and get 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code BBB. Free shipping included on purchases over $100. That's 25% off at trueclassic.com with the code BBB. If there's one bet you should make this football season, it's on True Classic. True Classic, look good, feel good, and bet against the Steelers because they suck even though they beat us. Good, not good. Good. Your balls will thank you. Wait, what? <laughs> Your body will thank you. Your body will thank you, yes. <laughs> Any final thoughts? <laughs> We've gone a little longer than I thought, but uh, this is uh, its just too good. Boy, I... Uh... It is it is kind of the the quintessential WCW pay-per-view for for the era. Yeah. It really is. They were not and they they never really lost that. They never really lost the let's toss some two, three minute you know matches out there. That was always kind of a staple of their pay-per-views for whatever reason. So yeah. uh all in all though, man. Fucking what like just a fun sit back. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. fun event to watch, man. Really, like really enjoy it. Like if you stop analyzing it, yeah, just sit back, it's worth a watch. And that's why I didn't want to be taking notes and shit. Because it's like I've seen this show four or five times. I'm just gonna watch it and then I'll read a recap after and fill in the blanks. But 
It is absurd. Beaumont thoughts. Yeah, this would be a great one to watch with, you know, just kind of friends, like people like kind of sort of like me who casual wrestling fans. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, um, you know, uh, like, yeah, people are just sort of like wrestling adjacent, you know, who yeah. kind of, yeah. Who, who kind of know, who know enough about it. You know, I think, uh, this is probably like a bit too silly to be anyone's first show. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah, you like have clearly. to kind of get what wrestling is to some degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you have to be able to get it to a point where you can appreciate it's so good, it's badness. Yes. Um, but absolutely. yeah, um, you know, I, I had a stellar time. I, I, you know, I thought it was great, especially like the end, just the, the antics and the <laughs> and just the buffoonery, uh, you know, delivered very much. And not only that, there was like storyline progression with Flair <laughs> turning on um, Sting with Jimmy Hart and Luger turning mm-hmm. as well. So, you know, it wasn't all just absurdities yep. and shitty wrestling. You know, there was some some storyline progression. But yeah, like I said, just a fun watch, a ridiculous show, one that, Bo, I know you would enjoy because it is so ridiculous. And Kevin yeah. wanted you here because you guys just covered it all, and I knew this would be a blast, and it sure fucking was. So why don't you plug uh, all the wonderful things you guys are doing, and we'll get you out of here. Oh, boy. Jeez, that's it's a lot of things to plug. Yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously we got a uh, year the- of Duke and Rogue uh, podcast. We're making our way through the final days of WCW right now. <laughs> and it, boy, it's tough. It is really tough, man. It's it's uh, it's death by a thousand cuts, man, for sure. But those we're, we're are having- not nearly <laughs> as like fun as these mid 90s show. There is no. some like funny some yeah. good some bad stuff but it's yeah. they're not as easy to watch i'll say no that. no they're really not as easy to watch obviously and you can follow us uh, over on twitter at uh, year of pod i uh, got stuff going on with my my good pal al uh, we got tots pod you can follow at uh, t-o-t-s pod all of that follows under one big umbrella that is gorilla brain wrestling podcasts uh, anywhere you get your pods, just look up Gorilla Brain Wrestling Podcast. There we are. We got that PWT's store open. Yeah, I see you wearing it. It's a beautiful, beautiful. The Carolina blue. Ma! I got the uh, Carolina blue. <laughs> I went with the, Car- went the Carolina. There's a, a couple options, but I went with the Carolina gray. blue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, there'll be more, more designs upcoming. I think we got the down under pounder graphics going to be up there soon. So a lot of cool stuff going on over there. So Mm -hmm. if you want to follow what I'm doing out in the world of professional wrestling, you can follow at JJ rogue means and see what me and all my, my good pals in the program are up to. Yeah. With what was it? Cold stone, Tim Boston. Yeah. Well, you know, I'll I'll kick his ass under Filipino rules any (laughs) night of the week. (laughs) I definitely got to look him up, but Mm -hmm. Hey, thank you again. This was so much fun as always. Yeah, Uh, this is a blast. Looking forward to following these 2000 shows and uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to mix it up again here soon, brother. Thank you very much, man. I pleasure being on. I'm I'm here any, anytime you guys need me. (laughs) Good deal. That is a sheer delight to hear. Well, uh, Hey, uh, I guess that's the show, huh? Yeah. Wrap it up. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Gonna end on a high note. (laughs) There it is.